Hi, everybody. My name is Emily, host of the Fuel Your Freedom podcast. In the health and fitness space, there can be so many rules, recommendations, and oftentimes restrictions. On this show, we talk all things freedom. Whether you've been training for years or are looking to take the first steps in your health and fitness journey, this show will fuel your body, mind, and soul to break free from what you've heard in the past and find your version of health and fitness, the one that works for you. Now let's fuel our freedom. Welcome back to the Fuel Your Freedom podcast. My name is Emily. As always, I am your host for this week's episode number 21, where we are breaking down some myths. We're going to hop into cardio and strength, kind of a hybrid approach to training, if you will, Uh, break down some of the old school line of thinking, perhaps where some of that truth might have come from. Uh, and then kind of where it got distorted and kind of how we can use that to inform our own training. So before we get into it, I do want to caveat my neighbor is playing music quite loud. And though I did shut the window uh, in my recording office, uh, you can might be able to still catch glimpses of it. So I do apologize if you hear some weird sounds in the background. I do have a pet peeve for bad audio. So I try and make these as nice of a listening experience as possible. So if you do hear some music, I do apologize uh, if it's not your taste. But without further ado, let's hop into is cardio killing your strength progress? So when I first started in the health and fitness industry, cardio killing your gains or ruining your gains was a deeply held belief for a lot of people who lifted weights. It was a super popular saying, trend, training principle that cardio was bad and cardio would take away from any strength progress you make, right? And honestly, even to this day, I'm not sure where it started. So when I did a quick Google search when I was preparing for this episode, I couldn't really find the first published thought, article, research, study. I don't know where this originated from, but it was a very popularly held belief. This idea originally stems from the fact that cardio burns the remaining calories that should be used for muscle repair and muscle growth following a strength training session, right? Or if done before, a strength training session. It uses all the energy that's stored within the muscles and the glucose and at that point glycogen that's stored within the muscles. So it's not available for us for strength training, right? So one of those two options. But essentially doing cardio following or just cardio in general, right? The thought was that it this paused that repair mechanism that the body goes through and prevented it from achieving progress that would have been gained during a normal strength training session without cardio, right? So that's kind of where it originates from, kind of that original line of thinking. And while that's not entirely wrong, there are super easy ways that we can prevent this from happening, right? So it's very unlikely that the body isn't going to have enough glucose or glycogen to 
promote this repair healing process or enough protein or all of macronutrients really that it would stop that all together right and that's kind of where myth kind of meets the what the truth is uh, as well so this has been busted if you will quite a few times um and like i said there are some things we can do and steps we can take to promote muscle growth and repair so before we get into kind of what those steps are let's talk about why we should do cardio right sure if you're training for a race or you want to accomplish a big adventure you're going to have to add cardio into your training program right not to mention some interval training can be a highly effective tool in our belt uh, of weight loss strategies now it's not the only tool i don't want to say go out and do or go out and do interval training only strength training calorie deficit always going to reign supreme there but we can add it in at the end of a strength training session but beyond that let's look into the world of health and fitness right even just the title health and fitness health is first right and honestly cardio or just movement should likely be prioritized for health reasons above and beyond any fitness goal that we may have, right? So it's personally, I'm training for a 50K, I'm going to be running a lot, right? And miles will get increased, etc. But more important than that, as we add in movement, we need to make sure some of these movements are cardio, right? Even if I'm not training for a 50K, I want to exercise my heart, which is a muscle, just like the others. And while, yes, it does get some work and it's not dormant, obviously, we're living, breathing, blood pumping human beings, but cardio trains the heart, right? So when we do talk about cardio, while it's a single term, there are many ways we can incorporate cardiovascular activity into our lives, right? I think everyone has an idea of when I say cardio, you might already have a picture of what that looks like. For the context of this episode, I'm going to focus on two variables, intensity and duration, right? I'm also going to focus on cardio as an exercise session, right? So when I look at cardio, it might be It'll be a designated time, like I would schedule a strength training workout. And while we can get cardio through things like simply parking further away from the grocery store and just moving and walking throughout the day, that's not the type of cardio that I'm referencing here. I'm talking about those designated exercise sessions where you're going to go out for a walk, you're going to go out for a run, you're going to do some intervals, you're going to perform strength training type movements faster or with little rest to elicit a cardiovascular response, right? So that's kind of what we're looking at. But let's get back to intensity and duration. So intensity exists on that scale from low to high and duration on a scale from short to long. Traditionally, a popular, if you will, way to pair them is a low intensity session would be paired with a longer duration. So that's going to be your low intensity uh, steady state cardio, if you will. And then a higher intensity session would be paired with a shorter duration. So that's going to be more interval style training. So we have one speed, long duration, relatively slow, or we have alternating intervals of extremely high speed or intensity, uh, and then 
periods of rest within that, right? So typically, those lower, longer duration sessions, the low intensity, steady state sessions, are typically best incorporated into a training program as a separate session from a strength training workout, while the higher intensity, shorter durations may be included during that same session. Now, we're not going to dive into the specifics of what this looks like. This cardio programming depends entirely on your goals, training history, etc., right? But as we dive into this cardio versus or cardio and strength training realm, I do want to make some caveats there and just kind of give some general ideas of examples. And I think some people can already piece these together in their minds, but know that this is not an exact exercise prescription for you. I don't know you. I don't know your goals. I don't know your history, injuries, etc. I can't possibly tell you what you should do. But these are just examples that I'm going to use and reference, right? So again, general guidelines. These don't necessarily have to apply to you. I'm going for the straight down the middle textbook style approach. And as I've referenced many times in health and fitness, the textbook really needs to be a digital version. Honestly, it's forever changing, right? We can't possibly uh, keep up with all the new research and, and everything that's coming out within the space of health and fitness. So general guidelines, just to kind of give some examples, not direct programming for you. Now, now that that's out of the way, let's hop back in. When we look to combine cardio and strength training in the same session, so this is going to be traditionally, and doesn't have to be, but traditionally, shorter duration, higher intensity, there are two approaches in research that are, are typically looked at, right? That's going to be the last training stimulus and then by priority, okay? So last training stimulus means the one you do second would be the one you want your body to remember, quote unquote, the most, right? So for example, if you wanted to pr improve your lifting or strength, you would lift second, right? More on this later. By priority means whichever you do is a greater priority for you first. So it would be your more recovered session for the day. So again, looking at you want to improve your lifting or strength, you would lift first and then do whatever cardio you want later. Neither is better or worse. The, the research is fairly mixed and you can find articles that will support both, but they're simply different approaches, right? And again, while there's been some negative effect that's been found when comparing these two strategies, for example, cardio killing gains, that little negative effect, depending on the strategy that you choose, so they combined a lifting plus cardio approach to just the lifting approach, right? This can largely be offset by fueling or refueling and recovery in between sessions, right? I also think it's better to note that there was a benefit found to each as well. And again, evidence is very mixed in this area. So by no means is it conclusive evidence. Uh, it's simply going to be based on what your fueling and recovery looks like, right? So for example, I would consider myself a hybrid athlete or a, I train with a hybrid approach, right? So in my 50K training, I'm not only running and I'm not only strength training. I have a good bit of both. And as I kind of ramp into my running, 
more and more as we get towards the end of October, my strength training will likely decrease just slightly, but I want to maintain as much of that as possible as I go, right? So there's a mixed approach here. Now, that being said, there are some days where I'll lift and run. Typically, those are my shorter run days, or I'll have some sort of hill or interval repeat work uh, on those days, right? But there are days where I do both. Personally, I prefer to lift first and run second, right? I think my body, I, I prefer that. That is a personal preference. I also feel like my body performs better. But in the past, I've done it the opposite way, uh, usually due to a schedule conflict where I have to get my run in in the morning. And there are some days now where I might not fit that norm. I might have to just run early and lift later. Um, but by and large, I try and do it lift first, run later. These two sessions, I do try and split up. I try and let my body rest, recover. I make sure I get in a protein shake, a nice meal, right? I have time in between to refuel. I really stay on top of my nutrition before, during, after, almost to a higher degree than on those days where I don't work out twice, right? So that recovery is important because it can offset any potential damage that I might see. Now, another caveat to this is if you are doing those longer two-a-day sessions, you likely have a goal, right? So for me, my goal is a 50K. My goal is not to compete in a powerlifting meet and lift the heaviest deadlift I can possibly lift. If I was doing that, then I would probably need to take a higher, greater look at my lifting and running and perhaps separate those out so that any possibility of a negative influence can be eliminated or, you know, kind of worked into the program. I wouldn't even chance it. But because my goal is not that and I am not a pro athlete, I don't necessarily need to worry about those fine of details. I need to worry about splitting up my session, making sure I have time to fuel and refuel, and getting in that extra rest going into and following that day of training, right? So which of these strategies is better? The one that fits your goal and your lifestyle. It's the one that you can execute to the highest level, right? Just like we say in nutrition, evaluate your priorities and choose a strategy that fits, right? But you might just want to keep listening, reading, listening before you tie yourself to that program. I've mentioned it a few times and when I talked through my kind of personal example, let's talk about fueling. When the old school myth talks about quote unquote doing too much cardio and how it kills your gains, they're really talking about doing more cardio than you have the energy to perform, right? If you don't have the energy and nutrition intake to match or possibly exceed the activity you're performing, the body will find fuel somewhere, right? First, it'll exhaust the glycogen or stored carbohydrate or stored glucose uh, in the muscles. Then it will either, either utilize fat stores or muscle depending on the type of activity and what's available, right? So typically, carbohydrate will burn first protein will likely bridge some sort of gap there, and that's where it won't necessarily break down your muscle, but it will use whatever protein is in the body 
uh, in the bloodstream you recently consumed, etc., for fuel before it gets into those fat stores. Now, again, that's a very generalization. Uh, it, everyone is completely different, so it's really tough to say where your energy specifically comes from without research testing and hooking up to a metabolic cart, etc. But that's tr- typically kind of how that works. But there is another option. If you refuel with the appropriate amount of carbs, proteins, maybe a little fat to support, the body will utilize the protein to repair the muscles and the carbs to further future activity, right? It will repair the muscles, but also replace those stores of glycogen within them and allow your body to have those to pull from from later. Simply put, if you're eating enough, the body will have plenty of energy to perform what you need it to perform. Again, caveat being, we're talking in generalizations. There are obviously times that this can't happen and times that this will not happen. So if you have a strength training plus cardio session, make sure you're eating enough pre-workout, perhaps incorporating an intra-workout carbohydrate and getting in a meal or shake post-workout. If you have those two separate sessions, make sure you have time to get in a salad meal that is carb and protein focused between each session. Like I said, noticing or noting also that you should be eating before, after all the nutrition and recovery variables should take place on those days. So does cardio kill your gains? Short answer, probably not. No. The long answer There are some underlying truths to the myth, right? There are scientific principles that this is loosely based on, but they can largely be prevented. These loss of gains, not the science, the loss of gains can largely be prevented with a smartly organized training program and by fueling your body appropriately for the activity that you are about to do or have done and you need to recover from. So that brings us to our empowered action for this week. Cardiovascular activity is important for more than just fitness goals. It's important for health. Are you incorporating cardio into your training? We should be striving to hit the bare minimum and meeting the ACSM guideline of about 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise per week. This can be as simple as walking or it can be a more detailed program if you're training for a race. Take time this week to evaluate your cardio activity. Do you need to add more? How and where can you add this activity into your week? If it is attached to or on the same day as a strength training session, take small steps to be able to plan for this, organizing your nutrition intake and other recovery variables to do it. Simply put, take steps to add this cardio activity or keep this cardio activity in your week. That's all I have for you guys this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode number 21 of the Feel Your Freedom podcast. And I don't think I have anything else. So I will see you next week for episode 22. And we're going to talk about filling up your own cup, getting into a little self-care, but from a potentially more realistic approach as opposed to the current trendy one uh, that's taking place on social media. So without further ado, I'll chat with you next week. Bye, everybody. (music) 
thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fuel Your Freedom. Remember, this show is all about action. Now it's time to take what you've learned and implement it into your health and fitness journey or even just your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want more, don't forget to follow me on all my social media platforms at Coach Emily Meyer and the podcast on Instagram at Fuel Your Freedom Podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll chat with you next time.